Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me today as we step into Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, in this review episode. And this is a, this is a small film that came out recently. Uh, it's, you know, doing all right at the box office so far. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, everyone, everyone's going to see it. So everyone's got an opinion on it from the diehard fans to the casuals to everything in between. And so I I'd wanted to get this episode out a lot earlier, but time being time and availability being what they are, it's coming out today. I was very excited for Rogue One. I, you know, I wasn't watching any of the promotional material. I didn't watch any of the trailers. I avoided most of the casting news even. And so I went in very fresh uh, with kind of just a general plot synopsis in my head as to what was supposed to take place. And uh, very hopeful. I, I was really looking forward to it. I think I was more excited for Rogue One than I was for Force Awakens last year. Mostly because last year I was, you know, really looking forward to Force Awakens, but it was sort of such that I'm not very, I've never been incredibly tuned in to the Star Wars world. You know, I was born many, many years after the original trilogy came out. I watched them when I was younger, but I didn't really identify with them quite so much. I think I only saw one of the prequels in theaters, uh, Attack of the Clones, and it was okay. You know, I, I wasn't impressed by many, any of the prequels either. And then I ended up seeing the Clone Wars in the theater uh, with some friends, and that was awful too. So, you know, and, and, and I liked the original trilogy when I did see them, but I, I didn't find them to be amazing you know I wasn't they didn't define my childhood like they have for so many and so I really when Force Awakens came out I was like oh they're bringing this back this is coming around again you know after the debacle that was the prequels I thought okay let's see where this is going, and that was back when I did watch trailers, so, you know, I was watching all the trailers for uh, Force Awakens, and I was like, wow, this looks really exciting, you know, I like J.J. Abrams, and then went to see them film opening night, and it was really exciting, I really enjoyed it, you know, I didn't really come in with expectations or too much excitement, and it, it kind of wowed me, I was really impressed, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it I uh, thought it was really exciting. And so because of how positively uh, I felt about Force Awakens, it in turn made me more excited for the films to come. You know, I finally found Force Awakens, while, you know, definitely not the best Star Wars film I've seen, you know, I think I rank it number four uh, between the prequels and the original trilogy. 
it has an 85 on my spreadsheet, uh, which puts it currently at number 24 overall from last year. Uh, but my, my level of excitement and how much fun that I found that movie in turn made me more excited uh, to watch the next movies. You know, I knew they were going to be coming out with one a year. Uh, and they were finally going to start deviating from the episodic saga of the Skywalkers. So I was just, I, you know, Rogue One I thought was great. You know, I love uh, Felicity. And, you know, I, I, I was really pumped for this movie. Super excited. Felicity Jones, amazing. That, that was all I needed. I knew Felicity Jones. I knew Forrest Whitaker. And that's pretty much it. I, I didn't really know much beyond that. I knew it was about the Death Star plans. And that's kind of where my knowledge ended for this film. And so I sat down, went and saw the movie. I guess it was Friday. Uh, it's Wednesday. I'm recording this Wednesday. I went and saw it Friday. And when it was over, I, I, had, I had mixed feelings. And so here, here's the the movie does a lot of good things, a lot of things that I've really enjoyed, and so you know it's it's got a much different tone than Force Awakens. It's a lot grittier, it's darker, I think to its to the film's benefit, and you know helps it kind of stand out from the rest of the episodes, uh, which I, I I think is a great thing. I think that's good. Uh, Gareth Edwards did a great job on that. I think it has a good story, you know, despite the fact that I knew the ending going in, it was still a compelling story and helped to redefine and uh, add more layers to the events that take place in A New Hope, An Empire, and uh, Return of the Jedi, which is pretty much what a prequel is supposed to do. It's supposed to embellish upon the things you already know in a way that makes them more have more depth and I think it does that quite well uh, it has it has plenty of nostalgia uh, you know it's not as riddled with nostalgia as the force awakens definitely um, but other than one moment in Rogue One I think that you know, has just the right amount of nostalgia and references and what have you. Uh, all the new characters, the entire cast is incredibly diverse. You've got uh, Asian, Indian, Hispanic, Spanish. You know, you've got, you know, Forrest Whitaker is black and the main character is a female. So you've got a lot of great representation. You know, it's not just white male, white male, white male. You've got a very wide array of characters in terms of skin color, in terms of nationality, in terms of uh, gender, sort of. Uh, um, then you've got uh, Alan Tudyk, who voices K2SO, the uh, robot android for this film, who I thought was he was my favorite character. I thought he was incredibly funny. I thought, you know, Tudyk does a great job with him. And he had one of the most emotional scenes for me in the film uh, toward the end. 
and I think that he has a, you know, he has a nice like kind of sort of emotional arc with with uh, Jin, as the two, you know, become tolerable of each other, I guess you could say. And then Donnie Yen's character would be uh, second, next, next, and next favorite character uh, from this this movie. I thought he was just he's so charismatic you know he's really really stepped into this role and took o- took over and he kind of just like ha- having him in the background of a scene it makes that scene better because you know you you I think I at least was kind of drawn to him uh, you know especially after uh his his second the second scene he has in the film uh which is an action scene and then you know, you kind of like, oh, you become so invested in him, and you really kind of keep your eyes on him anytime you see him in the screen. Uh, speaking of the action scenes, they're all great from the sort of smaller one-on-one scenes, uh, you know, got a lot of close combat scenes early on, to the sort of huge, expansive leveled uh, action sequence at the end of the film that I just thought it was great. I think, you know, Edward's fantastic job with the action scenes. Uh, you know, and the visuals look fantastic. All, some of, some aspects of that, of the CGI, aren't, but outside of the characters that are used, are, are created in, with CGI, I think all the visuals are fantastic. Uh, all the planets seem real, very realized, and uh, you know you've got. It doesn't. The film isn't as polished as the prequels felt at times, uh, particularly during Attack of the Clones. Those, just the sort of modern-looking cities, uh, they always felt out of place after the kind of grittier lived-in feeling that you had in the original trilogy and this rogue one felt a lot closer to that than it does to the prequels which is always a good thing and and on top of all of that the film does not end with the destruction of a death star uh so this is the eighth film eighth live action star wars film and You've got New Hope, Destruction of a Death Star, uh, Return of the Jedi, Destruction of a Death Star, Force Awakens, Destruction of a Death Star. So three of the seven released previous prior to Rogue One end with the Destruction of a Death Star, which is insane. That's so many. You know, like it's one thing if they ended with like a huge explosion because that that's forgivable you know you can blow up any number of different things but if all your movies end up with the explosion of a specific structure that's strange and while i think rogue one helps to not only solve some questions from new hope but i think it also allows the viewer to kind of if you are so invested in this mythos, to really piece together why there are so many Death Stars. 
and like why this is such a recurring weapon. Uh, and so, and surely by the fact that this one, this film does not end with that specific event, I think is another point to its credit. Now, the reason I felt really mixed after seeing this film is because there are a significant number of things that I felt didn't really work for me. Uh, you know, you've got the pacing is not great. The first act of the film is slow and muddled. You, there's a lot of jumps and cuts between sequences. You, there's a, and and a lot of this is is owed to the fact that we don't see a lot of backstory for most of the characters. You know, we get a piece of, we get a small scene uh, with of Jin as a child when uh, her her parents are taken away from her, which is nice. But then we skip ahead to like right when she's being pulled into the rebel alliance and you know we we miss all of that and we're like the film asks you to piece together what happened and what took place during that absence of time and uh, you know i i can't do that in in five minutes you know I, i i still haven't been able to do that and it's been five days so i the, there are a lot of jumps in in continuity as far as that's concerned, and you know, Jin is the only character that gets any sort of scene of backstory as a kid, and I think her and Diego Luna, Diego Luna is the only other character that really explains why he does any of the things he does. I felt like. Um, uh, Donnie Yen and Wen Jiang neither of them really have any sort of backstory we don't really know much about uh, K2SO either you know we, we don't know much about Saul Guerrera or Bodhi you know like there's so many characters who feel like they could be very interesting but I felt lacked a lot of personality and a lot of depth. Um, outside of Jin, outside of Jin Erso, there's really no prominent female characters. You've got Mon Mothma, who has like two scenes and is really a connection to the prequels, if anything. But you know, it's it feel it feels a lot like the original trilogy where there's pretty much Leia and that's it. So that was really problematic. I mean, it's great. You know, a lot of the, you know, the main main character is female. It's awesome. But that doesn't mean that all the other characters have to be men. You know, like why couldn't, why couldn't the Android be voiced by a female? We haven't had that in a Star Wars film yet. There's no reason why uh, the Donnie Yen or Wen Jiang characters couldn't have been female. One early one of them, may, either anyway. Uh, you know, we've seen in Force Awakens that high-ranking imp- Imperial officers can be female. It with uh, 
Oh, Bran of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Who, I can't remember her character. Or her act, the actress's name. But, you know, and, you know, this movie doesn't take place that far removed from Force Awakens. It's, what, like 35 years? 40 years? At best? Uh, so, that was a problem. Um... Uh, there are some characters that are CGI'd into the film. And while I find most of them to be refreshing, and I'm, I'm glad that they're in there, there's one character who is more prominently featured and has multiple scenes where he's being acted against by living human people. And that is awkward because he doesn't, it's very obvious that this person is CGI and that this is not a real person that's like standing there in the same way. You know, it's like a double with CGI'd face. And that feels very awkward a lot of the time. It, it, it's kind of disturbing in a way. Um. Like I mentioned, the characters are <sighs> underwhelming and underdeveloped, and frequently, you know, anything that they do is merely in service of the plot and propelling the plot forward uh, however necessary. I would even include simply the Force as an idea as part of, like, propelling the plot, and while... Uh, the Force and its relationship with Donnie Yen's character is very interesting and very uh, compelling. It does feel kind of like a, you know, like this is the next step. You know, it's like you're looking at, uh, you know, a walkthrough and he, it's like he just knows the steps to take and the Force is like, being given the credit for like well the next thing we got to do is this and the next thing we got to do is this and you know the force will guide us kind of a deal it feels uh, it felt like the writing lacked cohesion at times in that way uh the i did feel as well like this film in particular you know you've got a huge huge Star Wars mythos that exists and seven films have come out that have all followed either directly or potentially directly or indirectly with The Force Awakens uh, the Skywalker family which is fine I, you know they're kind of not great characters I mean, I mean they're good characters but they're not like favorite characters you know Vader is the best Skywalker character and he doesn't you know and it's you don't even like feel like he's a Skywalker when he's Vader in the same way and so we're finally have a film where this is very very tertially related to the Skywalkers in any way and yet as as happy as I am that it's so removed from what we know there are so many 
so many other stories that could have been told in a one-shot film that we have no idea about. And I think that a film about something that, you know, something that's taking place while the rebellion is going on, while uh, the prequels would have been happening, but in a completely other galaxy, in a completely different uh, system, would have been just as, if not even more entertaining and more fun to see, you know, I have never played any of the Star Wars games. I don't read any of the extra material, any of the books, any of the comics, or anything like that. And yet, I'm still aware that there are so many more stories to be told. And as while I do like this film, don't get me wrong, I think it would have behooved uh, Lucasfilm if they would have gone for a f- something a lot, a much much more different. And, you know, next year we've got episode 8, which I'm still incredibly looking forward to. And then the year after that we have the Han Solo prequel film. And I'm like, I don't... Like, I get that these characters are iconic, but it kind of feels like we're retreading the same characters and storylines because it's a brand. Because that at the end of the day a lot of people behind these films see them as more as just a product and i think that's a problem so ultimately ultimately i find that rogue one runs into a lot of the same problems that new marvel films run into you know they've got a formula they have a sort of Uh, style that you kind of expect to associate with this IP and I think Rogue One does enough to separate and deviate from that formula and that style and I kind of like relate it to Doctor Strange in that way because you know Doctor Strange during the during the actual film, you know, it doesn't tie into any previously existing characters specifically. It employs a completely new visual style that we haven't seen before in the MCU. And Rogue One does tie into characters we know quite specifically. But it kind of issues any Jedi. We're not connected to Jedi in this film. It does have a visual style unique to itself, and it manages to feel, it manages to make you feel like you've seen something different, despite still living and inhabiting the same world that you've become so used to. And at the end of the day, that's good enough for me. You know, I don't, you know, I'm very positive on this film. Uh, you know, and I, I do it as much as it seems like I'm really harping on a lot of problems that I had with it. I do think that this is an overwhelmingly good film, not a bad one. I don't think it's great. I think Force Awakens is great. And the biggest reason I think that is true is because for me, it, if I'd never seen A New Hope, 
and I just watched Force Awakens, and that was the first Star Wars movie I ever saw, I think that it would be... I, I think I would feel like it is the best Star Wars movie, ultimately. And for me, you know, since I'd seen all of them before, you know, New Hope is my favorite and what is my best Star Wars movie. Uh, and I think, but I think Force Awakens is my favorite Star Wars movie. I liked that. I enjoyed it so much more. I had so much more fun. I think the characters in Force Awakens are fantastic and interesting and they're characters I want to spend more time with. Whereas in Rogue One, I I want to spend more time with Donnie Yen, I guess. But for the most part, I don't know enough about any of the characters in this movie to be interested in them outside of their role in getting the Death Star plans. And even that, I feel, is very shaky. You know, like, I don't know what at all uh, Riz Ahmed's character, Bodhi, I don't know what his motivations are. You know, I have no idea, you know, what Donnie Yen and and Zhang's characters' backstories are. I don't know how they got to the point they're at. And, like, I would have loved to have seen, like, one or maybe two more scenes for uh, Jin Erso during the time period that's just completely glossed over. I... I think it would have been more would have been interesting to see more of Krennic as well. I think, you know, I think there's just, you know, and and I know the film went through reshoots. I don't know what that added or took away from what the film was prior to those. I, you know, I don't, I'm not at all qualified to comment on that. But I think, you know, I think there's definitely a really good. There's definitely a good story here. You know, this band of rebels who, you know, are, are up against insurmountable odds, you know, facing certain annihilation after the demonstration on uh, Jeddah. And, you know, they have to, they have this one opportunity to find a chink in the armor of the empire and they throw everything they have at it and i think that's it's a really good story it's but it's it's populated with such so many boring and lifeless characters that we as far as we know i mean i think they're like they're probably very interesting characters but we're not given enough information about them (coughs) to really for me anyway, to really connect to them and to really sympathize with with their stories as we are with Ray and with Poe and, you know, with everybody in Force Awakens. And, uh, you know, I fully expect in, you know, a month maybe from now that I'll forget a majority of the characters' names from Rogue One. And it's been a year, and I'm, you know, I still, you know, Ray, Finn, Kylo Ren, those are still names that are, like, in my vocabulary because they're so, uh, they're just so exceptionally intriguing and very, 
exciting to to watch and like they have great chemistry together they're they're fresh they're new and i think it's it's a shame that the characters in rogue one don't have that same feeling so uh yeah that has been a spoiler free review of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I don't have too much to go into in the spoiler section, but there are a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, So if you have not yet seen the film, please, uh, and don't want to be spoiled, I guess, then turn off the podcast now, and you can find other episodes at circleoffilm.com or contact email me at circle of film at gmail.com if you are so inclined uh, and with without any further ado let us enter the spoiler section any path so many worth exploring just one would be so boring and look what you're ignoring all right can we can we just address the Grand Moff Tarkin in the room because man he I I see what was going on I get that they're trying to uh, apparently there's a book that uh, outlines the relationship between Krennic and uh, Tarkin which sounds really interesting but I don't think that they had the requisite screen time and and space to really pull off that entire story alongside Rogue One and and the Rebels. So I really would have liked to see less, if not no, Tarkin in this one. And uh, just see... Krennic, I, I appreciate the attempt to incorporate that side story, but I, I don't think that, you know, like, since, again, like, everyone dies at the end of this movie, uh, Tarkin included, so I don't think that there's really going to be any chance of a Tarkin spinoff film. Or, or, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Krennic, a Krennic spinoff film. I don't, like, I don't think that's a story that had to be told in the films. You know, that is something for supplemental material. Um, you know, like, we, the the film is more about the rebels than it is about just, I, I guess just every scene between Tarkin and Krennic was cringeworthy just because Tarkin looks so fake and and lifeless uh, and 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 Ben Mendelsohn is so charismatic and chewing all the scenery and so their their dynamic was very awkward and and upsetting in that sense um Again, everyone dies. I, I like that, actually. I, I really was quite enjoyed the ending. All the endings aspects. You know, I liked everybody dying. I think that's a great way to end the movie. 
because that's what happened, obviously. But there's enough connection, and 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 the scenes at the end, as everyone's dying, are are set up enough to be uh, to feel for it. And I think a lot of that feeling comes from a new hope and what we already know is going to come from their sacrifice. And I think that that at least took a lot of the pressure off of Rogue One in a sense. But I wonder if I wonder if Edwards or the screenwriters felt that lack of pressure in writing and why maybe that's why some of the characters are so underdeveloped because we knew one that they were going to die and two that we would already be able to feel for them in their sacrifice because we knew what it led to so i i'm really i'm unsure of that on the whole um darth vader i like darth vader quite a bit he had a great scene, the only lightsaber scene in the movie. Uh, he uh, has some good in- exchanges with Krennic and, uh, you know, gets off a nice witty one-liner in there. Uh, I did feel like, you know, he's walking down this hallway. He's tossing aside uh, members of the rebellion, of the Rebel Alliance. And... There's this guy at the end of the hallway behind a door that's, like, partially open trying to get a disc away. Or, like, some the the, the plans, the, the Death Star plans. And I don't think, or I know that the Force can be used on something behind something else, Right? So, you know, multiple times we've seen where someone has used the force to grab their lightsaber from behind another person, okay? Now, I I don't know why Vader couldn't have just force-grabbed the guy who had the plans or force grabbed the door and shut it all the way or force grabbed any piece of uh, you know thing or force grabbed the closest guy and thrown him at the back guy who had the plan you know I, I feel like as awesome and cool as that scene was to look at I think it's very at least the way that it's set up I feel like it's tough to buy that Vader couldn't have gotten to the plans if he really wanted to and I don't feel like it's worth exploring the idea that he didn't want to get the plans because I think he definitely did want the plans and so that in the moment I love that scene but a little thinking about it later I was kind of curious as to how the semantics of that uh, panned out Anyway, and then the final, final scene um, with Leia. I loved that. I was so happy to see Leia. And I I really like the way that it sort of transitions into New Hope. And there's been some debate about exactly 
how separate the ending from Rogue One is from the opening of New Hope, I feel as though it's like somewhere between 10 minutes and like 10 hours, you know, depending on how quickly Vader can catch Leia's vehicle and board it. I don't think it's a very long time whatsoever. I think that, you know, there's... Um, you know, I think I think there's definitely not a whole lot of uh, you know. I I don't know. I don't. It doesn't feel to me as though like Vader would just stop chasing because it's on a different ship now. Like I think he can still perfectly capable of catching Leia's ship. And I didn't have a problem with Leia not being introduced earlier in the film. <coughs> uh, I've heard someone say that, you know, if, you know, Leia, you know, when you see her, she comes across, and assume if you haven't seen A New Hope, she comes across as this very important figure, but we've just been introduced to her in the last, like, 20 seconds of the movie. And I, I mean, I didn't have a problem with that, although... You know, I've seen A New Hope, so I know what's to come. Uh, so uh, that's a really kind of a gray area. I don't really know how to determine that one. You know, I think it's fine. I liked seeing Leia. You know, again, the CGI people in brief scenes are great. You know, it's just, she's not overused. She couldn't have been overused. You know, I don't know where they would have put her into the story earlier than this. Um, so, you know, I, I just found it nice. The, the nostalgic reference that I alluded to in the spoiler-free section that I hated was the R2-D2 C-3PO moment. I just, I hated that. I thought that was so bad. I don't know why that's in there. It doesn't serve to add anything to the story. We don't, I don't need to know that they were involved I know, like I would if they saw if they were on like the ship, like in the background of Leia's scene, that's fine. I just uh, I felt really I did not like that scene in this movie. Not a fan. So yeah, I don't I don't really have too much more to say. I you know again I really like the film. I gave it a seventy nine out of 100 like it's it's got a very high rating uh yeah i give it a 79 that puts it in like top 30 of the year you know it puts it on par with captain america civil war and sausage party um it's just it's enjoyable great action great story bad characters uh, and that, that's kind of that's kind of how I would sum it up. Great action, great story, subpar characters. And you know, whereas I think Force Awakens is great action, great characters, subpar story. And I think characters are more I think it's easier to enjoy something when the characters are good than it is when the story is good, you know. It's just a story can only be so good that the characters 
catch, you know, match up with it. So that I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but or I know what I'm trying to say. I'm not sure I can, I'm getting it out correctly. But anyway, uh, that's it for today's episode. Um, you can find me at the places I already mentioned and also on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And uh, I guess, lastly, but not leastly, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. Come on, baby, when we paint the town. And all that jazz. So long, farewell, I'll be the same Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.